0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Penn Athletics Podcast. My name is Kevin Bonner, and today we are joined by our athletic psychologist at Penn Athletics, Liz Nobis. Liz, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So a little bit about Liz. Liz is in her second year here at Penn Athletics. Uh, Her appointment in 2022 was the first of its kind at Penn uh, and believed to be the first in the Ivy League. She arrived at Dre after working on campus with Penn Counseling Services Liz earned a bachelor's degree from Oregon in general science, a master's in public health from Drexel, and a master's and PhD from Biola University. So, Liz, looking forward to, to having you on the show today.
1: Looking forward to talking.
0: Um, so, for someone who's unfamiliar with your role, uh, what does the athletic psychologist within Penn Athletics do on a day-to-day basis?
1: Sure. Uh, well, one of the exciting things about the job is that every day looks different. It has a good portion of individual therapy, some group therapy, or connecting with teams, whether that's outreach and providing psychoeducation or coming in when uh, an event has happened or uh, wanting to connect over something happening within Team Dynamics. That can also be drop-in hours where students could just come in, ask questions, get referrals for uh, seeing a provider for a longer-term therapy out in the community, and also is connecting with um, the larger campus, depending on what's going on in order to care for students, Um, and then kind of crisis management as as needed. Um, And then uh, that being mostly the student-facing part of the role, but also connecting with coaches, connecting with the other areas of the athletic department, whether that is uh, CSAS or student for our Center for Student Academic Success, um, the athletic trainers, strength and conditioning um, in order to you know, have more comprehensive interdisciplinary care for students.
0: Awesome. So, you know, you do the math and there's one of you and there's a, almost a thousand student athletes, 33 sports. I can't imagine the volume of requests and meetings. You know, what kind of data do you have? Like how many meetings, how many appointments, that type of thing?
1: Yeah. So for this past year, there were over 500 individual appointments. Some of those were one, one-time one appointments. Sometimes that was for repeated longer-term therapy. There were um, over 60, I believe, team sessions. And um, those are kind of the, the main stats I have, as well as I saw almost 20% of the student-athlete body in some capacity this year.
0: Wow, and that was just in year one. So you'd imagine in, in year two, as you're more embedded and, and people know about you, I can't imagine those numbers uh, going down for year two.
1: Yes, and you know, while I am here, plenty of students also do use um, other, other systems of support. So whether that's CAPS or outside providers, um, just because uh, there is only one of me.
0: <laughs> so kind of a broad question, like how would you describe the mental health culture uh, at Penn?
1: Well, what we're seeing across the country as far as the mental health needs of the current college student population is there there's a high need and typically an unmet need from college counseling centers there is higher rates of anxiety, higher rates of depression, um, trauma, a lot of um, just just need within this uh, cohort that's in college, as well as the impact of uh, COVID and um, kind of where where college students are at um, emotionally. And so Penn is not different in that regard. Uh, College counseling centers across the country have had more need and lack of resources to be able to meet that need. So at Penn, I would say there are even more intense dynamics in a lot of ways. Penn is an intense place, both academically, athletically, socially. There's a lot of pressure to be perfect. There is a lot of pressure to be accomplishing things all the time. And while those things can have awesome benefits, that also doesn't always provide the space to relax to get to take a break to have some relief from pressure and I think one of the things that teams can do really well is some of that social support that within athletics um there there is a protective piece around around teams or there certainly can be as well as um, coaches and, and some of that system that that really is protective for mental health.
0: Liz, what are some of the general strategies you usually share with our student-athletes?
1: Yeah, so sometimes student-athletes come into to sessions and they know exactly where their distress lies. Maybe they had a recent loss or something traumatic happened. Um, maybe they're currently experiencing injury and there's a large impact on different aspects of their lives with that. And, and so sometimes... In those cases, there's a little more kind of topical exploration of what's going on emotionally for them or how it's affecting other areas of life. And sometimes athletes come in and they just know something isn't feeling right. And so kind of assessing and figuring out maybe where some of that distress has come from, whether that's feeling overwhelmed with stress, um, kind of some anxiety that's popping up socially, impact from sleep. Um, And so some of the strategies that end up being pretty frequently brought up end up being some relaxation exercises, deep breathing, things that they can practice right now so that they have built those muscles up to be able to use them in situations where it's maybe harder to utilize them. There's also um, a lot of research that shows how sleep impacts our mood as well as social media use. So uh, I end up kind of checking on those things uh, quite often to see and and helping them gain some awareness around when I do X, Y, or Z, or I don't do X, Y, or Z, how does that end up impacting the rest of how I feel or my mood? And so a lot of the strategies around that include mindfulness, uh, taking a step back, kind of stopping, slowing down, oftentimes, um, particularly when, you know, practice and class and games are kind of back to back to back, students end up feeling almost passively pulled along in their life as opposed to taking kind of an active stance and getting to choose some of the things they're doing. And so while there obviously are a lot of responsibilities and requirements of what are put on student athletes, helping them find places where they can make some active choice and feel a little more in control of their lives. And same thing with practicing when different, maybe type of thought patterns come up that end up not being as helpful for them. So, there's a technique that's under kind of fusion diffusion. So, if I were to say happy birthday to your mind, would probably go straight to you. And it doesn't have to, but because we're kind of primed that way, uh, you're automatically going to do that. And we often have our own ways of talking to ourselves. And sometimes that's helpful, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it mirrors positive figures that we've internalized, and sometimes it's a little harsher than needed. And so helping to look at those things and potentially bring on different ways of talking to ourselves or different ways to relating to ourselves. So those those type of things end up being pretty common strategies that can be used fairly quickly and uh, being able to kind of build some of those muscles to, to tolerate, difficulty. And um, the last piece that is often the most uncomfortable is particularly when something's anxiety provoking or causing a lot of fear that we often feel that pull of, oh, we want to get rid of that thing. And that's one possibility. Every time we feel anxious, we could get rid of the thing that's causing anxiety. But what tends to be more helpful in the long run is how do we help ourselves kind of lean into that and manage those feelings so that we can be more resilient to the things that are causing stress and, and anxiety.
0: And maybe one of those ways is some of the unique program I think you have coming up this semester. I love the name. Um, pretty catchy, in my opinion. You know, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So one of the things I really wanted to do this year was focus more on supporting coaches. So if you think of a team almost like a family where coaches being the parent, That often sets the tone for how um, a team functions and the trust in being able to um, tell the coach or the parent something when when things aren't going well, when things are difficult, and being able to trust that they can respond in a way that sees you and that um, is supportive. And so the the programming that we're going with this year is drinks with a shrink. At this point, it is non-alcoholic drinks. Um, but uh, really, as a place to meet, uh, and I will have different techniques and skills prepared, but also for coaches to be able to interact with other coaches and us to discuss together when they're having situations on their team and what do we, what do we kind of do together? What have other coaches done in the past that have worked, or you know how I I can be a resource to to be able to to support them? Um, we know that. The, the stats on coaching in higher ed for um, kind of the okay. the current coaching division one is, is rough that I believe about 30% experiencing some type of burnout. And there is a lot placed on coaches within their roles that is different than decades ago. They're expecting to be more things. They are expected in many ways to be available all the time and wanting to also give coaches relief within this high pressure environment and how for if when they're demonstrating taking care of their themselves and having boundaries and and some of that structure that that really models that for players and not only on the court and while they're in college but also how do you do that after college and, and as you continue to develop um, as an
0: adult Yeah, that seems like some some great programming. Um, How do you work with our folks on campus who support mental health?
1: Thankfully, I have a really good relationship with different departments on campus. In coming from counseling services, I know the folks over there, so I work with them around any type of crisis situation, Right, if we have to um, be in contact around hospitalization or um, any medication, so that's from student counseling that's also interacting with uh, physicians or support in sports med at student health. And, and one of the benefits uh, in having all of these supports is because I am only one person, there often has to be a lot of communication with, with these other supports just to make sure that um, students are are getting the resources they need. And thankfully, Penn has many different resources for supporting. Uh, mental health on campus, including student counseling, which has hours from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. multiple days of the week, as well as Saturday hours. There are cultural centers on campus that provide wonderful resources and support. There are residential advisors. There are so many groups that are, are working together to make sure everyone is safe, and I feel really thankful to, to get the communication and the Interdisciplinary care that that is is necessary for um, interacting and, and making sure staying in the loop to keep our student athletes safe.
0: So, reflecting on your first year, what what do you think you've learned? Whether it's about our student athletes or panathletics or or just you know what have what you learned in year one?
1: I have really appreciated how fun being part of an athletics department is. That is quite different than different environments where in a counseling center you are only for the most part working on the counseling side and and that is is really heavy work and I feel thankful for the support of student counseling because my role here is different than most of the other people in athletics and it's it's been really fun that you know you can walk out the door and someone's super excited about their, their game that's going on and you can also interact with them on that way. I think one of the most important things around some of the student athlete work is just really that that bonding and that support they have as a team. And when that goes well and in conjunction often with win- with winning, how how that does seem to bolster just overall mental health. And that within that context, that also means there's the students who are not playing, right? If every team has more people on a team than can be on the on the field at one point. And so really also wanting to focus and make sure that those people are seen and and their role on the team noticed and, and paid attention to. And yeah, so the the team as potentially being incredibly protective and uh, as far as for someone's overall well-being and a lot of that is to credit of coaches and the team captains as far as setting the tone and the culture for for students and and recognizing when something isn't going well and, and really being able to to pull pull someone in whether that's me or um, their own, use of uh, their team dynamics to really make sure that no one's left behind and that everyone does feel part of the team.
0: So speaking of fun, uh, what do you like to do for fun uh, away from work?
1: I am a pretty big runner. So I'm often along the school running early in the morning. Uh, My own therapy, that's uh, an important part of just, uh, I think being a clinician is because you spend so much time and energy with your attention on other people, of making sure you're also in a good place and um, sorting through your own stuff, because I, I think uh, this this work is incredibly personal. And so, making sure that my own responses are uh, in service of of students and not kind of my own stuff that comes up. I I also live in the city, and so I love walking everywhere, trying. New restaurants and food, and reading in the park. So, uh, those are those are kind of some of the things I try to prioritize to to keep myself in a good place.
0: What does the future hold for mental health support at Penn Athletics, and what do you want to get accomplished this year?
1: Great question. So I know I've talked a lot about impacting and uh, working with coaches this year. That's certainly on the forefront of. Coaches, as well as athletic training and strengthening dishing, wanting to build up skills, not only for identifying when someone might not be doing well, but also to help and support them. They're on the front lines, they're seeing students day to day, they, they know them well, and, and giving them support to uh, just encourage their overall well-being. They work long hours and, um, you know, the, from that same position of as a family, everyone benefits when uh, the whole support system is doing well. For student athletes, there are a couple of things that I'm wanting to really focus on this year. One is the student athlete wellness ambassadors. This is uh, kind of a rebrand of something that had happened in the past, but we're calling it SAWA, and we just solidified our leadership team. And so that is a student group where I'm the advisor. And we're building out kind of liaisons for every team as far as disseminating, whether that's mental health information, they're interested in doing some events, whether that's panels of students or bringing in other people or myself to speak on mental health topics. In a few weeks is mental health awareness week. And so hoping to do some, I'm planning to do some programming around that just to um, provide psychoeducation awareness, but also um, to to demonstrate and show these are things we're thinking about, that we're talking about, that we care about, that it, mental health isn't just something's going wrong and you come and see me. You certainly can, and that's a great uh, way to deal with the stress, and that's um, a large reason that I'm here, and all the other ways and support systems you can utilize, especially before something potentially becomes a crisis, and how do we identify those things, how do we reach out, Often asking for help is so difficult. And so wanting to be able to use peer leaders who are really interested and excited about these topics to uh, normalize some of these pieces around mental health.
0: Well, cool, Liz. I enjoyed the conversation. I think our listeners will as well. And uh, thank you for your time and good luck uh, this season.
1: Thanks so much, Kim.